Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Lots of great things to get into today. We had a great interview with Hunter Yurichek, the athletic director of the University of Arkansas, which I'm going to play back for you in its entirety. Also going to get into some Game of Thrones recap, as uh, yesterday's episode was uh, was a great one, setting up for another great episode. And I'll make sure to give you all the spoiler alert when we get into that. But I do have to start with the big news coming out of the weekend of the Arkansas Razorback baseball team taking care of business against the Mississippi State Bulldogs, sweeping them in convincing fashion at Baumwalker Stadium. I was, uh, needless to say, I was not shocked that Arkansas won the series. I was maybe mildly surprised that they swept the series. But what did surprise me was the way that they did it. They dominated truly from beginning to end. They were able to get the bats going at a high level. They had pitching performances that were greatly appreciated, I'm sure, by Dave Van Horn from Isaiah Campbell as well as Patrick Wicklander and even Connor Nolan getting back into the mix on Saturday. So it was one of those series that Arkansas really needed to not only catapult themselves into the rest of the way, but to also give themselves a really good position of possibly making it to the SEC tournament as as a one seed. Because as of right now, which we know things can change, but as of right now, the University of Arkansas Razorback baseball team is number one in the SEC West. Now, the top six teams in the SEC West, which, as you know, there's only seven, so you can kind of figure it out from there. So the top six teams have two games that separate them all. Arkansas is 12-6 and six in SEC play. Texas A&M is second at 11-6-1. and six and one. Stupid, stupid ties. Anyways, that's neither near there. But then you have LSU at 11-7, and and then Auburn, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State come up at 10-8. and So it's a, it's a really tough division, and Arkansas, even though they're on top of things right now, doesn't mean they're going to stay there. doesn't mean it should be expected of them to stay there, but if they do stay there, then, hey, everybody wins out. ends up being a great deal. But I got to say that it is so impressive year in and year out to see what Dave Van Horn's able to do. To see what how he just, you know, he loses players and he gains more players. He, people feel like the pitching's going to take a back seat. Well, he has other pieces that come and come together and play. Uh, you know, it's just you can't ever count them out. And when, when it looks like maybe they're going through some serious issues during the season and conference play, taking on opponents that they probably should be beating handedly but struggling with them for whatever reason, out of nowhere, there they go. I mean, they just take off running and they end up proving all of us wrong. And it's just really... I would say comforting and reassuring to see it every single year. It's almost at the point now with Dave Van Horn where if he doesn't make it to postseason play or if he does not contend for the SEC West, him and his team, it's like a disappointment. It's like, okay, what the crap happened last night? Who, who screwed up? It's like if they're not a top 25 team, it's like, all right, who do we need to fire? I mean, maybe I'm being a little too overdramatic about it, but that's the point that Dave Van Horn has found himself in is he has a program and a culture that is just a winning culture far and away, and it's really hard to come close to it uh, among other SEC baseball teams and other teams in the country. I mean, it's just that type of machine that's been built. So it's just been really impressive to see Dave Van Horn continue to do it and continue to do it at a very high rate. They have six SEC series left. 
Uh, two of those being against the two opponents that are the two SEC West foes that they are above with Texas A&M and LSU. They also have a series against Tennessee coming up this weekend against bombs in bomb stadium, which is going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully the weather holds out for it. Looks like it's going to be really nice. So I know the Razorback baseball fans will show out for that. So there's just a lot of uh, positivity things and positive things going on with the baseball program and just where they're at right now. And I'm telling you, like, there's just nothing better. There's nothing better than not only having this team perform very well, but also watching this program continue to play at the high level that they do to where it's almost like if Arkansas did not host a regional this year, it's like it's pretty epically disappointing. I mean, imagine that. What if I told you right now that Arkansas was not going to host a regional this year? You would probably think it was like, whoa, whoa, what happened? Why? It's disappointing. I still think they're going to host a regional, and I don't think you're in, in jeopardy of that. But it's just you've gotten to that point. And to get to that point in any major sport, especially in college athletics, is so rare and so difficult. You have to make sure that you do whatever it takes, and I mean whatever it takes, to make sure that Dave Van Horn and this baseball program and all the players in it are happy, they're satisfied, they have all the things that they need to be successful at this level. I mean, that, that's, that's first and foremost what you have to do. And I think that Hunter Juracek in the administration has done a fine job of that, and I think they'll continue to do a fine job with it. But baseball is a lot of fun, folks. It, it's just one of the things that now that basketball slowed down when the coaching search happened and spring football comes to an end, you're just really happy about being able to go into the weekend, and if it's a nice weekend, go to Bomb Stadium, watch some quality baseball with a quality team, and a, and a quality team that you root for in Arkansas and be able to expect greatness out of them. And, you know, it's, that's just an expectation that Razorback fans yearn for in basketball and in football. It might get there. I think the direction of the program and where it's going is really good. And uh, I'm talking about in general in those two programs. I still i am excited about the possibilities that it could be. But uh, for right now, I mean, you just got to kind of – Bask in it. Bask in the greatness of Razorback baseball. Hope that they finish out the season strong. I don't see any reason why they won't. See how they do in the SEC tournament. Host that regional. Host that super regional. Go to Omaha and be home for dinner. We'll see how they do. And I don't think the expectation should be winning the national championship, the realistic expectation, because this team's not as good this year as they were last year. But can they make it to Omaha? Absolutely they can. In fact, I don't see any reason or anything that's keeping them back from making it to Omaha. They're starting to settle in the pitching rotation. They're starting to get guys healthy. And if they can just keep the bats consistent and keep Heston Kerstad from getting ejected from games, which, again, I, I real quick on that point, I don't, I don't agree with the call. I thought the call was terrible, but I'm not surprised that he got ejected for what he did. I'm not saying it's right or wrong or anything like that. I'm just saying that's how I felt about it. But that's neither here nor there. But if they can just do all those things, there's no reason the baseball team – can't be right back in Omaha this year. So start enjoying it, Razorback fans. Start going to these games if you haven't been able to get a chance already because this is going to be something special brewing this season on. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Hunter, you're a check. Good morning, Hunter. Appreciate you joining us this morning. Good morning. My pleasure. How are you guys doing this morning? Well, we're doing fantastic. And, you know, I, I want to start off because this is a question I've always wondered. You just went through a pretty rigorous coaching search. Eric Musselman, the man that you hired to take on the Razorback basketball program. And I know you're really excited about a hire. But after an athletic director goes through all that, 
What's the after effect? Do you go on vacation? Do you have a drink? Do you just go back to work business as usual? I mean, what do you do after going through a coaching search like that to kind of just decompress everything? Well, it's a tough time of year to decompress with uh, the spring sports going on, baseball, softball, men's women's tennis, golf. So you just keep plugging ahead and moving forward. I've got a great staff here that uh, was able to handle things when I was in the middle of that coaching search. And um, I really just get reengaged with them and our student athletes and get back to doing what I really enjoy doing, and that's uh, leading this athletic program. What are what are some of the common misconceptions or misperceptions about a coaching search? You're, you're on the inside flying and interviewing coaches and, and dealing with what goes on inside the search, and then you know fans and media have these, these perceptions about what's going on. What do we really get wrong on the outside that's not going on on the inside? Well... You know, I think it's really who is and who is not kind of a, a candidate or or a person uh, that we're truly interested in. I think it's just a, because of social media now, there's a lot of people that take guesses um, that are re- most most of the time outside of the, the media um, and take guesses on what's going on, try to act like they're in the know. And I think that's probably the, the common misconception is um, wh- who actually was a candidate, who actually did we talk to, um, and how how this process unfolded. Well, Hunter, you, when you decided to go with Eric Musselman, obviously you were very confident and very excited about what he could be able to do with the basketball program. But what were what were the, what was the thing that you loved the most about Eric Musselman when you saw him and you saw how his teams played and you talked to him? You're like, this is our guy. What was the thing that really stood out to you more than anything? Well, it wasn't just one thing. John. Everything it started with his energy. It started with his passion. And it started with his desire to want to be our head coach. And that was very, very important to me, uh, somebody that truly wanted to be at the University of Arkansas and truly had a vision for what this uh, basketball program could be. He knew about the history. He knew about our current teams. Um, He constantly told me that this was one of the top two or three jobs in the Southeastern Conference and a top 20 job nationally. And he was going to make sure it was like that year in and year out. And, um, he just had a passion for this place, and um, it just really stood out from the moment I talked to him on the phone, and he reinforced that when I went out and met with him in person. And I just love his energy, and uh, he's a great complement uh, to our team of head coaches that we have assembled here now. You're approaching about a year and a half on the job now. Uh, this seemed like a, a very defining moment. It was your first big hire. Uh, you know, As the search waned on, some fans were starting to – to have doubts, but but really, people were trying to figure out your style, what Hunter Juracek is all about. This seemed like a very defining moment for me about who you are as an athletic director, and then followed up by the press conference with Coach Musselman. Did, did it feel like that for you, that this was a, a kind of an initial defining moment for who you are as an AD at the University of Arkansas? You know, that, that's hard to say. If, I mean, it was a significant hire because basketball, men's basketball, is a significant sport here at the University of Arkansas. It's our, one of our two major revenue drivers, and we need that revenue to help feed our other 17 sports. Um, so it's significant in, in that exchange. I, I'm going through uh, a search for a gymnastics coach right now, and I don't think that's any you know really less significant I've got. 15 student-athletes, just like I had 15 student-athletes on the men's basketball side uh, that are you know, sitting on pins and needles wanting to know what direction we're going to head. So I don't know if it was necessarily a defining moment, um, 
it, it was an important, important moment. Um, I, I hope that I have more defining moments as, as we move forward and uh, with this. Now, Hunter, uh, something we've discussed on the show is you have a new basketball coach in Eric Musselman. You still have Chad Morris, who's a relatively new coach uh, to the University of Arkansas. Dave Van Horn's got a lot of great things going. You got Mike Neighbors. You got a lot of other coaches that are doing a lot of great things at the U of A. So what's the next step for the athletic department? What's the focus going to be on? Because it seems like the coaches are all set, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. So for you and your athletic department, what's kind of going to be the next main focus for you? Sure. We, we do have great coaches, and, and from – from football um, through tennis, uh, we, we really have a great complement of coaches that complement each other very, very well and feed off of each other. And now it's my role to work with our team to provide our coaches and our student athletes with the tools that they need to be successful year in and year out. And that's, you know, we've got a $20 million baseball clubhouse project that we're in the middle of the design process on. We've got a $10 million track and field clubhouse project that we're in the design phase on. We've got a major renovation to the indoor track and field in anticipation of hosting the NCAA National Track and Field Championships in in March of 2021. We're going to do a major renovation to Bud Walton Arena here in the next three to five years um, because that's an important tool for our men's and women's basketball program. So now that we have really good coaches, solid coaches assembled um, in a great group of 465 student-athletes is my role now to provide them with the tools that they need to be successful. Obviously, this is an important football season for, for financially and win-wise and otherwise for Chad Morris coming up. What, um, for, for, from a fan standpoint, this will be your, your second season moving into to the newly expanded uh, Don W. Reynolds uh, Razorback Stadium with the North End Zone expansion. Uh, you kind of got to see how things were going to flow from a traffic flow standpoint, the traffic inside the stadium. Uh, will there be any changes or anything uh, different or additional this year as, uh, as fans kind of think through the spring and into the summer about the upcoming football season? That will be the next the, the next big thing on campus after baseball. Sure. We're going to continue. We're meeting daily to work on how we're going to enhance our fan experience. That was a big um, last year we created a unit called our guest experience unit because we want to make sure our fans, the minute uh, they pull into a parking lot here on campus for a football game, that they have a great experience uh, regardless of what happens on the field and inside the stadium, that uh, they, they are treated with uh, respect when they pull into the parking lot, that they're entertained um, and they're tailgating lots and that they're entertained inside of our stadium. And, um, you know, this is a key football season for us. I think we have four uh, very winnable non-conference games um, we think we can find a way to win two or three more games, and if we can get to a bowl game this year, uh, and then we have a robust uh, conference schedule in 2020 uh, where we have four SEC home games for the first time ever um, here at uh, Donald Federal Reynolds Razorback Stadium. And then in 2021, we have the Texas Longhorns coming here as an anchor game, um, and then we go back in, in 2022. So this is a year we're going to be building it. I, I know that uh, people have been critical of our home schedule and uh, people are trying to decide, you know, do I really want to retain my season tickets? Well, look, th- this is a year to retain them because after this year, we've got a schedule that's very significant in 20 and 21 and 22. And if you give them up this year because you're not excited about this team or not excited about the schedule, um, you're going to be left out in future years. And so, we're trying to create an unbelievable entertainment value for our fans. Chad Morris is going to take care of the product on the field, and this is a season that we're going to be building for the next two to three years. All right, why are we talking about tickets? i got to ask you about this ticket scan deal, because every time 
the ticket scan numbers announced. Everybody groans and says, no, there's more people here than that. The media wants to argue about it. What is your take on ticket scan? We got tickets sold, and then ticket scan, and then everybody wants to argue about which one's right, and it always seems like everybody thinks it's in the middle. What's your take on the ticket scan deal? Well, you know, it's kind of one of those things you're damned if you don't, damned if you do. You know, when we weren't <laughs> reporting the, the ticket scan number, we're just reporting the ticket sold number. You know, people are critical. There's no way there's that many people here in the stadium. And then now we're reporting what the actual attendance is. And our scanners aren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Not everybody's being caught with the scanner. Some people, the scanners may not be working. We're trying to get people in the stadium fast. And so we've got to find a middle ground somewhere. Uh, but uh, so I think the, the actual attendance is somewhere between the scan number and the sold number. We've just got to figure out what that is. <laughs> All right. Good answer. That's yeah, a good that, answer. that's a fair answer. All right. Another question I have for you, Hunter, is about the, the, what's been in news as far as uh, in the NCAA and in college baseball has been this third assistant paid, uh, paid assistant coach, uh, which went to a vote. A lot of different schools voted on it, unfortunately, over the weekend. It was shot down. I know that Dave Van Horn has some very strong opinions on this matter. What is your take on? on the third paid assistant coach and the fact that it was shot down over the weekend. I'm disappointed. Um, you know, I know we're disappointed as a conference. We put a great value on baseball. Um, just about every one of our schools in this conference is spending a significant amount of money and investing a significant amount of money on the baseball programs, whether it's facilities, uh, the coaching staff, the student athletes. And um, you've got a ratio, uh, you know, with your current assistant coaches that's probably – a lot higher than, you know, the student-athlete-to-coach ratio than, than most other sports. And I thought it was a no-brainer. Um, and it's another way to develop a, a young assistant coach. Um, you know, volunteer coaches, um, it, they need to be elevated to um, a full-time coach um, for, for baseball. I, I was disappointed for our conference. I was dis- disappointed for college baseball that did, that did not happen. Maybe you can shed some light on this. We were discussing earlier that this was this proposal was coupled with not just a baseball third assistant but softball as well we assume that was for title nine reasons or could, could this be brought back with just a baseball or do you think the softball third assistant had anything to do with this not passing how, how does that work from a bylaws and and legal standpoint sure uh, yeah there's absolutely there's a there's a title nine and gender equity component to this it being coupled with the softball coaches or the two sports uh, that are kind of married together from a title nine gender equity standpoint and I'm trying to keep, you know, the, the roster sizes aren't the same, um, but, you know, you still have to have the same opportunities for from, from a coaching standpoint in which you invest in those programs, uh, relatively speaking. And so, um, you know, but it was just voting to allow um, you to hire that softball coach. You did not say you had to hire that softball coach. And, and that's actually the way the baseball one was presented as well, you know, but not everybody has the same resources. You know, we've got a number of schools around the country with baseball and softball that don't have resources like we have in the Southeastern Conference, and I think that's really what it came down to. Hunter Yurchek, the athletic director of the University of Arkansas. Really appreciate you hopping on with this morning, Hunter. Have a great one, man. Well, I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road. And uh, good job on the coaching search, and have yourself a drink after that, my man. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys having me on, and thank you for your support. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Before we get into the Game of Thrones breakdown and the spoiler alerts that will come along with it, I have to address something that uh, one of you listeners tweeted at me, and you felt like I was not holding myself accountable to something that I predicted. In fact, you, Andrew, said you were no longer a fan of my podcast 
because I apparently said I lost all hope in the coaching search. And then the next day when Eric Musselman was hired, uh, I, I was all about it. And I said, according to you, quote, if I am wrong about this, then I will gladly eat crow. Well, here I am eating crow. I, ha I haven't gone back and researched the podcast and when I said that, but I'm trusting you. And then I did say that. And given the circumstance at that time when I did record that podcast, it had looked as if the Eric Musselman hire or the possibility of that hire had come and gone. Because just from what I had been hearing and what the people had been telling me that they had moved on from Musselman, that wasn't necessarily the case. They didn't move on from him. What they did is that they kind of kept him in limbo until they were able to talk to some other people. So if you want me to own up to it, here, here I am, Andrew. Yes, I was wrong. I will e-crow about the coaching search that happened on that day when I recorded that podcast. Hunter Yurchek did a fantastic job. The administration did a fantastic job, and I was really happy with the hire that Arkansas made. It was not a dumpster fire. It was not a complete and total epic failure because of the way the coaching search planned out but at the time of that podcast from what i had been hearing and all the coaches or potential coaches that have been turning down the job that's what i went with and that's why i recorded so i thought i had maybe addressed it but maybe i didn't i know i addressed it on my show and sometimes when you do a show and a podcast it kind of all blends together so andrew i apologize for not owning up to it earlier here you go my bad Hopefully, you continue to listen to the podcast, all right? Now that that's been addressed, let's get into some Game of Thrones. And again, if you have not watched the latest episode of Game of Thrones, this is your spoiler alert. Go ahead and turn off the podcast now. Go ahead and move on from it. Do, find something else to do because I am about to spoil this Game of Thrones episode. So again, if you haven't watched it, or if you haven't watched Game of Thrones and you plan on doing it, turn off the podcast now. All right, now that that's been said. Last night's Game of Thrones is was a funny episode, and which is kind of funny because, huh, isn't that funny, that you don't really see that very often in this show. There's humor. Uh, th there's been parts that where even, even the times where it's like some epic moments, there's been humor, but never really an entire episode of just kind of camaraderie and, and, and funny th scenes and funny moments between characters. And last night was a perfect example of that. You had a, a few more reunions here and there. Of course, Jamie and Bran seeing each other once again from that episode to where uh, he, of course, the first episode, he pushed him out of the window. Seeing that interaction was interesting. Uh, seeing Arya, who I had to Google and make sure she was 18 years old, but she had a very uh, scandalous scene with Gendry. So that was fun. That was interesting. Did not expect that at all. But, you know, hey, whatever. It is what it is. She's 22 years old, apparently. Did not know that. She does not look that way. But she is old enough to be doing scenes like that. So that was definitely a scene that uh, shocked me. But, you know, the, the humor of it all. And seeing all of those characters around that fire and just talking and, and cutting it up. You know, Tormund and Lady Brienne and Podrick and Tyrion, and Jamie and Sir Davos. Uh, you know, it just, it had just such a fun, how, oh, this is probably going to be our last night on this earth, so let's go ahead and enjoy ourselves type of moment. And I thought that was really good, and I thought that was really well done by the creators and the writers of the show to really portray that in a positive light. I wanted to see more of that, honestly. But the way that it was set up is just setting up for this next episode, which is going to be absolute insanity. It's the, going to be the Battle of Winterfell. So, 
now that that's happening and this next episode is going to be like an hour and 20 minutes long, you can kind of understand where this episode is going to go and what it's going to be like. I, from what I hear and from what I've researched on it, this next episode, The Battle of Windlerfell, is going to be 100, no, it's not going to be 100 minutes. It's going to be like 90, or no, it's going to be over 100 minutes. It's not going to be 102 minutes or something like that. I, I don't know. I know it's going to be well over the normal time. And by that estimation, this episode is going to be nothing but a battle from beginning to end a battle. And I can't wait to see it. Um, not only is it going to be a battle, but I'm, I have a feeling we're probably going to see some of our favorite characters get killed off the show. I'm just being realistic about it. I got to prepare myself mentally for that. But I, I like the first two episodes and where they've gone. I know some people have been complaining because there hasn't been much that's happened. Okay, that's fine. But you got to remember, folks, it's all about setup. It's all about how everything sets up. And they have set up the scene. They have set up the battle perfectly from the first two episodes. So I can't wait to see what happens. I thought it was a good one overall, but uh, you know, this next episode will be the defining one of the season where we'll actually get some substance. We'll actually be able to see what happens. What happens? Who dies? Who wins? And what happens to King's Landing? I don't know. I have my own theories behind it. None of them are probably true, but I have to have fun with it either way. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 